This episode of the Vision Lab is brought to you by the Boardroom Whiskey and Cigar Lounge, located at 1708 8th Avenue in Fort Worth. So if you're in the DFW Metroplex, come on by and pick out your favorite cigar from the Fort Worth Weekly Critics Best Choice of 2018. It's a great atmosphere, fully stocked humidor, and don't forget to get your favorite drink from their amazing staff ready to help you chill out and relax as you unwind with your favorite state. Now it's time to sit back, let your mind go free, and come join us as you enter the Vision Lab. Welcome to the Vision Lab podcast, where we give a voice to the voiceless. I'm Ryan Cuffey, alongside with my co-host, Mr. Ryan Mosley. Here in the Vision Lab, we put a pen to pad and dive deep to uncover your passions and how you can arrive there. The Vision Lab is a platform focused on growth and exploring the developmental path of people's visions and dreams and how those dreams can become into reality. It's all about tapping into and becoming the best versions of ourselves through self-discovery, self-examination, and self-actualization. Today's guest is a native of Fort Worth, Texas. He's an entrepreneur, a father of two girls, a graduate of Texas College in Tyler, Texas, and he happens to be the owner of where we're actually broadcasting at, which is the Boardroom Cigar and Whiskey Lounge here in Fort Worth, Texas. Please welcome BP Battles to the Vision Lab. What up, BP? Man, what's going on, Dr. Man? I sure appreciate you inviting me to this podcast, man. So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you could be here. Glad oh, man, anytime, man. It's an honor and a pleasure, man. Appreciate it. Hey, listen, your spot is absolutely dope. Man, I sure appreciate that, man. A lot of work went into it, man. Try to make it just right. I must say, BP, um, I don't live on this side of town. Yes, sir. Uh, obviously, you know, for those listening, we're out in Fort Worth if you missed the intro. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to start making trips out here. <laughs> this, is a, this is a beautiful place, man. It's, man, it's thank you, place. man. I'm honored by that, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. BP, because, you know, Cuffy knows you. I don't. Today's yeah, yeah. This is my first day meeting you. Where are you from? Man, right here from the south side, man. Fort Worth, Texas, man. Born and bred, man. Right off of Evans in Mississippi, man. Went to Carroll Peak uh, Elementary School, worked heights, and uh, went to Trim Tech High School, man. A couple blocks over. Really? Yeah, okay. man. Shout out to all my Bulldogs out there, man. The best alumni in Fort Worth. <laughs> you know how you do it? Go ahead get your one, class out. Yeah, man. One bark, one bite, baby. You know? Oh, he didn't want to yeah. date himself. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't want to date himself. <laughs> That's all right. It's okay. Hey, my bones date me, man. Yeah, so what you, 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 you're what, six foot five? How tall are you? Uh, Height, man, six foot four, man. By the stomach, man, probably about another <laughs> six foot nine, six ten, you, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to lose a little bit, man, but you know. Yeah, about six, four and a half. Okay, so, I mean, you were a hooper, right? Yeah, man, I hooped a little bit. Yeah, okay. man, played with uh, two years varsity all through the high school, triple tech. Under okay. the great Coach Gales, one of the legends in Fort Worth. There you go. Yeah, man. Gotcha. Gotcha. Go. Okay, so what led you? We're we gonna get more into your background, but I'm yes, just sir. curious. This is my first time here at your spot. Yeah. What led you to 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 create this? Man, you know what's so crazy? How I first got into cigars was that I just worked for TD Ameritrade. I was a senior compliance analyst, and little guys, I was like, "Hey, BP, man, let's go play some golf or let's go smoke cigars." But coming from a uh, church family, we didn't do things like that. So I was like, okay, well, no, I'm not going to do it. Uh, but I started remembering my grandfather. He sailed in uh, World War II. And, um, you know, piping cigar smell, you can't hide that smell. No. Whatsoever. Not at all. Yeah, so I said, hey, granddad, you spoke you spoke uh, pipe cigars? Hey, boy, shut up, leave it on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So then I go see him at the park with the fellas. Hey, granddad, between us men, 
I'm not gonna tell Grand. How old were you at this time? Man, I probably about 16, 17 okay. at that time. You know, I so said between us, me and Granddad, you smoke pipe. I see you at the park with your boys hanging out. You smoke pipe. Boy, shut up, get out of my face. Yes, sir. Wow. So he died in 1996, 1999 of prostate cancer. And while I was cleaning out his uh, room, I found a beautiful handcraft pipes. Okay. Uh, that he had in there. I like, man, I knew that sucker smoked cigars, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I like, you know what? In honor of my grandfather, I'm start smoking. So I got in my best uh, Sunday suit, my Easter suit. You know, back then, man, I ain't had no suit, man. So my best Easter suit, man, and uh, talked to my best friend's dad, Mr. Curl. Mr. Curl, where can I go find a cigar? Because I didn't know where you could buy a cigar at. Right. He said, oh, man, up at the second safe, right down that way, man. Like really? a cigar at the second safe. And so it took me $50, had my suit on. I'm getting ready to go buy me a cigar. Went to the lady front counter. She said, yeah, I need one buy a cigar. She walked over to a little plastic counter, pulled out a Swisher Sweet. Uh, I'm like, oh man, That's this is a cigar? She said, yeah. So I gave her $50. She gave me $48 back. Wow. I, said, I said, man, I think you gave me back too much change. She you, said, what you, you should have known at that point. Yeah, I should have known at that point. I was in the wrong spot. Yeah, I was in the wrong spot. Yeah, so um, after that, man, I was sitting in traffic, man, uh, that one, uh, one day way back. Uh, come from TD, and I'm like, man, I'm I'm OCD, and I'm a little hyperactive, and I'm like, man, I need something to do with myself while I'm sticking traffic. So I don't have road rage, and I say, you know what? I'm gonna try this cigar thing over again, you know, on my grandfather. And as soon as I said that, I saw this big red light that said cigars. Wow! Jumped on the side of the freeway. I was right off of 121 and Glade Road, and there's a cigar shop called Town Country now, called Michaels now. Stopped in there when those guys, hey, I want to learn how to smoke a cigar. Okay. Ran to a cat by the name of Tracy. Uh, Michael's is a great shop, by the way. He gave me a cigar, man, first cigar I had, man. Thought it was the worst thing ever, man. I'm choking, I'm praying <laughs> to the porcelain god. It was uh, one of the uh, Muwas, though. Oh, you caught Earl? Yeah, man, I caught Earl, dude. Because <laughs> I was inhaling. Nobody told me about inhaling. Never had a cigar before, you know. I'm totally inhaling. You know, it was one of those uh, Muwas, uh, my Uzuwe Tongue by Drew Estate. Okay, okay gotcha. Full body cigar, man. Full body. Oh, he threw you deep in yeah, the pool. Deep in, deep in. No life jacket. Yeah, swear. yeah. So I go back to him the next day. I said, hey, man, that cigar you gave me in was horrible. He said, man, you smoke cigar for I said, nah, man, my first one. I said, man, that was worse. He said, man, well, hey, you're a big guy. You, uh, I thought you could handle yourself. I said, look at you, asshole. I'll be back tomorrow. What else you got? So then he put me on to a San Latino, uh, Connecticut, and you know, something a lot more lighter, smoother. And, man, I was hooked. Just into the whole community and the whole thing, man. And uh, I just fell in love, man. And about what year was that, roughly? 2011. September 2011. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, first day. So you, you, your grandfather, he used yes, to smoke pipes or, or cigars, yes, and so really, it's it's a way for you to kind of stay connected with him. Yes, sir. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, because we ended our relationship kind of roughly, man. But uh, it's my way of uh, kind of letting him know that, man. Hey, I still love you. You know, I care about you, man. Uh, we're good. For sure. And I hope he he feeling the same. Okay, so now to to this this lovely establishment you yeah, have man. here. So you, it, it is. It really is. Like I'm gonna have to, you know, I live way on the other side of the Metroplex, so I'm gonna have to make more more trips out here. Yeah. Um, you said you work for TD Ameritrade. Yes, sir. When did you decide that you know what I'm not gonna work there anymore? That I'm gonna open up my own shop. Yeah, it had been coming for a while, man. This was uh, roughly. I actually was started smoking after I left TD. Okay. Uh, it was like kind of no, it was 2012. It's when I left TD. Uh, that May. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm tired. It's time for me to do something else. I got burned out. I've been in the financial industry since I was 18. You're tired of sitting in the office? Tired of sitting in the office, man. A full wall behind the desk, man. It's like everything was shrinking in on me. 
uh, you know, coming out of college, graduated from Texas College, uh, HBCU, um, great atmosphere there. But, you know, coming out of college, you graduate, you had no skills, you have no money. So I had to go to work, I had to build a career, and I had to learn some skills to figure out how, even if I had my own business, how it's going to manage it, how it's going to maintain it, how it's going to open it. You know, did you, did you have it. ever have any aspirations of being an entrepreneur? Yes, sir. Okay. Always had it. Yeah, always had it. Um, I couldn't see me working for somebody else making the money the whole time. Because uh, when I was 18 at summer, before I went out to school, I did an internship working at Bank One, Bank One downtown Fort Worth in the vaults. You know, putting all the files together and stuff like that. Oh, wow. That was my okay. first big uh, introduction to the finance industry. Uh, so I kind of got that good kick right then. Um, so after that, man, um, I told my wife, look here, I'm done with the financial industry. I need to uh, do the entrepreneur thing. Well, she said, what about going into real estate? You have a name for it, BP Battles. Who wouldn't want to buy something from a name like BP Battles? True. So I said, okay, went to a real estate school, took out a test, and I did. I'm like, no, this is not for me. So she was like, okay, I'm getting ready to go to a trip to Boston. You want to go? I said, sure. She said, what are you going to do? Well, I found a cigar shop. So I went to Boston, found a cigar shop. I'm like, oh, man, this is cool. All right. You know, so I'm sitting there talking to cigar owners, just talking to uh, cigar aficionados. And like, okay, I think I like the cigar thing. Oh, she's going next year. She's going to Ohio. I looked it up. Man, the second oldest cigar shop in the country. Is it Ohio? Ohio. Okay. Uh, wow. Strauss Tobacco is right downtown. So I go hang out there. Same guys. Met the big O there. Oscar Robinson himself, man. Big cigar smoker. Really? Met the big O. And he is the big O. The wow. big O, man. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like a little kid now. I see big old smoke cigars. That oh, I got to be all crazy. into this. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I did this for about two and a half years, man. Traveling from East Coast to West Coast. Uh, up north, down south, man, going to different cigar uh, shops. So I start keeping me a dossier of all the places where I've been to, uh, and I'm writing everything down. Like, hey, you know what? Maybe I can do this. Uh, so now you always got to get permission from the wife. That's the next thing you got to do. Okay. Yeah, sure. yeah. So I say, okay, this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think? She said, What do you know about doing a cigar? I said, Well, I got this dossier. So we need more than that. She said, You need a mentor. I said, Great. I've been going to the cigar lounge. So I'm talking to the owner. Let's see what he thinks. So I told him, hey, hey, Mike, I'm one of Mike Peacock's, the owner of Michael's. Hey, Mike, uh, I'm thinking about opening a cigar shop. I mean, we sit down and have a conversation. And Mike said, well, sure. Uh, he said, what do you want to know? Give me all the cons first. I always want to know why I shouldn't do something. Well, but, I'm, I'm yeah. the same yeah. way. Yeah. Like, somebody, comes, somebody comes to me with an idea. That's my first. I want to poke holes in it. Yeah. Why, why is it that this won't succeed? Yeah, exactly. Tell me why. So me and Mike sit down. We sat there for about an hour. And he gave me all these cons. I'm writing them down. And I'm like, in my mind, this is the dumbest decision I ever made. I just wasted two and a half years. Then Mike was like, well, you want to see the pros? I said, are there any? He said, yeah, there's a few. So I started writing it down. I'm like, hey, Mike, thanks for your time, man. Went back to the house, man, discouraged. I said, you know what, man? I got a bottle of Blanton's in a, in a cabinet. <laughs> wow. And put them on Blanton's, man. I had a little man cave set up in the garage. The wife came up on let you smoke in the, well, smoke in in the, the house. house. Yeah, man. So I went and sat there, the man, watched the game. And, um, Next thing you know, man, some told me, hey, go back to that list, man, uh, those cons. So I went to the cons and said, open up your dossier. And I opened up the dossier and this question and looked and found that, oh, if I do this this way, do that, then bam, it's here. So I did it all night for about three o'clock in the morning and I got a half the list open. Then I said, you know what, let me get a business plan together. So it took me about three months to get my business plan together. And I said, I'm gonna send it to the biggest critic that I have that will be the most honest with me, but be the hardest. I'm gonna send it to my Uncle Kelly in Houston. He's an ex-Marine, uh, all engineer, civil engineer, uh, done very well, had his own real estate company. Let me send it to him. 
So I said, hey, Uncle, I'm going to get ready to change this proposal business plan. I'm thinking about opening a cigar shop. Um, what do you think? So two weeks later, he come back. He called me. Hey, boy. Yes, sir. This uh, business plan he gave me, yes. Who did this for you? Because you ain't, you ain't smart enough to do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, Uncle, that's cool. I said, I did it. That let you know you were on or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah I said, no I did slack, it. Yeah, He said, boy, you sure you did this? Because, you know, your family ain't that bright. I know I married your aunt, but you know, I hide that bright. I was like, I said this to the right person. I said, so um, what do you think about it? And they thing like, how much money you need? Oh, really? Oh, I'm like, really? I, I got, yeah, I got real quiet. I'm like, that, cal- uh, that, that, say, yeah. that calculator start going in your head, huh? No, I was, I'm like shocked. I'm like, if I impressed him, I must be really on to something, you know? Okay. So I got quiet. I said, he said, you hear me? How much money you need, boy? I said, um, actually nothing. He said, so where you get the money from? I was like, well, you know, we got some savings and, you know, talk to the wife. We're going to do the 401k, the IRA, stuff like that. And we're going to make it happen. He said, well, if you need something, let me know. Because I figured that if I'm not all in, I can't expect my clientele to be all in. Correct. So you got to be all in. I know it wasn't the smartest thing to do business-wise because you always want to know use somebody else's money, invest and stuff like that. Uh, but I figured if this is going to be my dream, that I got to I gotta go all in. Yeah, you got to be all the way gotta in. got to be all in. So... Did that man and um, I partnered with some other guys and we bought a cigar shop called Perfecto out from Collins and 30, ordered by the stadium. Okay. And okay. we turned it into the reserve. And uh So y'all own that? Yeah, yeah, I bought I the reserve. I never knew that was you. Yeah, man. Me and this guy named uh Ludi, man. We bought the reserve, man. Yeah. Wow. And we bought in uh two other guys, man. We was gonna bring them into uh like junior partners. Okay. Arena. But that partnership didn't work out. Uh they wanted more of a club vibe to it. I wanted more sit back lounge and chill spot and the reserve was a great cigar lounge it had a lot of great potential man uh but the partnership you know you come into a partnership with somebody you basically marry that person right and unfortunately we were all cool but it just didn't work out uh, with it uh so i left um reserve left i uh, left reserve right around august 2015 and then i leased this place uh september 2015. Right and been here ever since been here ever since yeah i kept having this dream about the brick wall and um uh my ex friend of mine uh actually was um um uh helped me out uh kept telling me um when we saw this place man you're like hey this place has a brick wall in it and i'm like really i'm thinking my next journey would be you had to knock through this brick wall to get where you want to go but uh when we looked into it bam brick wall called a leasing company and bam here we are that's amazing. That's amazing. Man, that's crazy. You had a, I mean, wow, what a rise and, and what a story. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back right after this uh, announcement. This is BP Battles, owner of the Ballroom Whiskey and Cigar Lounge. We were voted Critics' Choice number one cigar bar in Fort Worth by the Fort Worth Weekly. Come visit our full-service cigar bar, offering the finest cigars, and pair them with a fantastic whiskey, bourbon, or scotch. Come light and smoke a cigar with us here at the boardroom. We're located at 1708 8th Avenue in Fort Worth, Texas. Welcome back to the Vision Lab, and here we are with our guest, Mr. BP Battles. Yeah, yeah. 
So you talked about um, in the last segment, um, you know, breaking through a brick wall. Sure. Now, speaking of brick walls, what an amazing architecture you guys have here at the boardroom. Talk to me about, you know, just the overall architecture, the look, the feel of what you guys have going on. Yeah, we were actually blessed, man, with this uh, brick wall, man. Uh, like I was saying earlier in the dream, but this whole building been around since 1937. So that's the original brick wall that we have there. Uh, we were blessed to have those beautiful uh, metal tiles up on the uh, ceiling there. Uh, we they were originally white, but we painted them brown, espresso brown, get a little more depth and height. Uh, all our seating is going to be more of the modern day speakeasy type. Uh, a lot of cool we make chairs, a lot of uh, sofas, things of that nature. We can sit back and just relax and have a good time. Because our thing about it, we want people to come in and relax, not feel like, hey, buy your cigar, leave. We want you to come in, commune with one another. Uh, so we want to make it that way. Uh, now, did have, you do any like um, research to, to identify that the speakeasy was your vibe? Or, yeah, or what, did, what made you yeah. want to have that feel to it? Because I, I got, the, again, this is my first time here. Yeah, yeah. I got that feel when I walked in. I was like, yeah. I'm going back in time a little bit. <laughs> I liked it. We know, when you start thinking about cigar smoking, man, and in the early uh, 1900s and even like the late 80s, 70s, 50s, you really didn't have that many cigar lounges where blacks were allowed to come in and smoke at. Uh, so I like thinking about that era, where would a cigar shop been like if we had places where we go to smoke? Uh, so I'll start thinking about that time period and I'm a fan of that time period. I think the 70s, 40s and 60s, even those are like great times, time zones. Uh, so I wanted to give something back to that. Uh, my mother has a beautiful eye for furniture and things like that, so I get it from her. Uh, so I just wanted to make it something special, something unique. Uh, more cigar lounges that you have are just kind of beautiful, but they're kind of just come in, sit down and smoke, and they have their own little niche to it. But I wanted to kind of step out and do something a little bit different. So, listen, you just went all the way back in the yeah. day. Yeah. I mean, way back in the day. Yeah, man. So you did your research. I did my research, man. Uh, that, that, that shows that you have, like... A, a true passion yeah. for not only for cigars but really emitting what you want to pro, uh, provoke in people's hearts and memories yes sir and one of the coolest cigar lounges man i don't know if you guys ever been it's called civil lounge in uh dc i haven't been there yet man but um i saw them online man and that cigar lounge is sort of like a little throwback as well and once i saw that and i've been on pinterest like crazy okay i'm, I'm a pinterest guy man. grown man man on i'm pinterest. on pinterest man what up man <laughs> Go check out my categories, man. You guys love the stuff in there. You got a Pinterest name? What was that? Like, a, do they have a handle? Man, what I got? I think it's Gorilla Smoke, man. That's what I think it is, man. We'll check that out. Yeah, we'll it's like Gorilla out. Smoke 06 or something like that. You know, I got to throw the 06 in there. But yeah, don't hate on the 06, nah, man. We're the nah. first, the oldest, and the coldest. You, you, you're the first, but you know what? You had to have the last come in there and finish it for you. Yeah, somebody got to hold up. Somebody got to hold the door, man. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody got hold the door, man. Why we supposed to go well, We appreciate you letting us walk in. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> Shout out to Omega Sci-Fi, man. One of, the dopest, one of the dopest fraternities out there. K-Style. Now everybody else is Divine Nine, yep. man. Love Shout it. out to the A5As. For sure, man. So we talk about, you know, pushing through the brick wall or knocking knocking down the brick wall, so to speak. Yes, sir. And, you know, obviously you're a successful business owner and entrepreneur at this point in the game. And you talked about your business plan having it verified by your uncle yes, sir. your mentor mike yeah. you know taking a look at it yeah. and telling you hey open the door so on and so forth yeah. now one of the things i'm always curious about when it comes to people who are successful in whatever field it is they choose to 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 pursue is when it comes to success and specifically to you bp do you believe that you have to for lack of a better word do you believe you have to bleed in order to succeed in other words do you believe that you've got to go through a little bit of adversity 
before you actually start to see the sunshine and things. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what gets your skin tough. That's what makes you leather. You know, they always say that uh, iron sharpens iron. Yes, sir. You know, you have to go through it, man, to understand it. Even in the Bible, it says, yeah, I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death. It doesn't say I leave you in it. It says I take you through it. So you have to go through something to learn how you know and how you're going to persevere through it. And um, You know what's interesting about the valley? Yes, it's, it's funny. Um, about three weeks ago in my church, we actually talked about that verse. Yeah. And being in the valley, you don't grow at the apex of anything. Yes, you yes, never sir. grow at the top. Yeah. Where do you grow? In the valley, in the, the valley. bottom, in the bottom. So that's deep. I didn't mean to really cut you off. No, nah, you're good, Doc. That was that was huge. Yeah, you're good. But um, it's not an easy road, man, being an entrepreneur because you have a lot of sacrifices. Uh, my wife was my ex-wife was a big influence on me now, and that was one of the sacrifices that, uh, unfortunately, that happened when you're an entrepreneur. Uh, the time that away from your kids is uh, another sacrifice. Uh, money, is sacrifices. Uh, it's a lot of things that go into that. But you have to learn what to do and what not to do to be successful. It's no such thing as going in, open the door, turning the key, turn the key, open the door, and everything is going to work out fine. And all the money is going to start hitting the cash register. You're going to have those hills and valleys that you got to learn how to uh, navigate through. Uh, if you just go in and everything is work, when something uh, hard or trivial comes through, how are you going to know how to succeed through it? You're going to run, close, not open. Or you're gonna just uh, sit back, take a deep breath, and figure it out. You know, and mentors are huge to it, man. Like I said, Mike Peacock, uh, Michael Sabacco, and my uncle Kelly, man, was the two most significant uh, influences to me. And I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for those guys. Uh, and even uh, my regulars, man, the members come through, man. I run through uh, things through those guys a lot. We have great members here, great regulars, who are very successful. And I've been blessed, man, and honored just to know some of those guys, man. Uh, because um, through some hard times, man, they helped me. Um, they helped me kind of make it through, man. You so know? let's talk about the impact of a, of a mentor. Um, yes, sir. And and let's say you know I'm I'm starting out, or maybe I want to branch out and do my own thing. Mm -hmm. You know, as you said, especially with entrepreneurs or entrepreneurship, a lot of a lot of times there's a failure that's involved. Yes. Right. So how do you get through that? How when you're looking at your bank account go down instead of up, <laughs> how do you sustain that? What are you talking to your mentor about? Man, um, I've had a lot of personal conversations and sometimes you can be afraid to look in the mirror a lot and see what are my failures, you know, because you own those failures. And if you have partnership, they own they own your failures as well. Um, with the mentorship, what I talk to him about is one thing I always say is, "Hey, my 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 slip is showing. <laughs> Your slip is showing. My slip is showing." <laughs> okay. And let them know that, "Hey, I need to have a conversation with you right now because something's not going right." Uh, so what I talk to him about is, "Hey, have you ever?" And I'm 100 honest, 100 honest. Have you ever encountered this? Have you ever did this? Have you ever made a mistake of doing this? Um, did you miss? doing this to a potential uh, potential client did you lose a potential client what do you do to give them back um because we're all not perfect but we every day as an entrepreneur we try to give a perfect er error effort i'm sorry my apologies uh perfect effort uh because it's 100 personal you know people try to say no it's not personal it's business no it's your own money it's personal it's 100 extremely personal but the biggest thing about being an entrepreneur you have to receive that information that's given to you 
If you think that you know it all, that's the first day that you can start failing. If you think you're the smartest person in the room, you need to get up and go to another room. Yes, that's huge. That's you know, that's you have to go problem. to another room. And whenever I think that I'm in that room and hey man, I'm that guy. I'm that dude. And guess what? At that point, you're right. At that point, you gotta change the atmosphere. A yeah, little bit. because yeah, because if you're not, you're gonna start failing. As soon as you say, hey, I'm that guy, I know it all, that's the first statement you're gonna start failing. And you gotta go find another room because there's always somebody out there that's done it better and done it more wiser than you have. And I'm smart enough to know that it that I need somebody to help out with it. And my mentor has been great. And you're not gonna always hear what you want to hear, but you're gonna hear what you need to hear. Let's say uh, a good mentor will tell you yeah, what you need, you need to hear. hear. Yeah, and it's gonna hurt, but you gotta put your big boy pants on, you know, get up and keep moving. You know, one of the things I, I, I like what you were saying is you're you're very honest yeah. and very transparent. Um, obviously, you're very humble. Um, I think that a lot of times we have to be honest with ourselves and say, 100%. I'm failing right now. Yeah. Now, yeah. why? Yeah. And yeah. I know you took pen to pad. You yeah. got in the you got in your vision lab. Yeah. Right. And you said, okay, what can I do? Well, I know I need to make reach out to Mike or I need to reach out to my uncle. Yeah. Or whoever your mentors are. Right. You know, great job on doing that. But um I think that's a lot of the problem is that we're not honest with ourselves. And yeah. we think, you know what, I can figure it out. Yeah. Well, it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely okay. Cause man, I've been a lot of time I think I close the doors, man. You know what? This was stupid. You know, I done lost my wife. I'm not spending much time with my daughters. I'm hurting. I'm sore. But then you have the love for the industry that you're in. The love for the people that walk through the doors. The love for the conversations. The love for this tobacco, man. This rapper, this binder, this filler that keeps you going, man. There's no greater icebreaker or common denominator than a cigar and whiskey. And this industry, man, in my opinion, is the best in the world. It's the greatest job ever to be in the cigar industry. It's the greatest job ever. Now, we're going to get to this in the next segment. Uh, but what, to, finish, to cap off the, the whole talk about mentors and uh, experience and going through things, what's the best piece of advice you ever received from a mentor? It could have been from one of your regulars. The best advice I ever received for one of my mentors Oh man, that's a tough question. I've received so many great advice. Or just any type of advice. If you were to, you know, if you have a young entrepreneur knocking at your door and saying, hey, BP, what do I do? What what advice do you tell them? Uh, before home, before you answer, let me rephrase it. Okay. If you knew then what you know now. Boy. Woo. If I knew then what I knew now, man, man, I'd be home sleep right now. <laughs> you know, sit back, man, having me some uh some white port man and hanging out. But I guess one of the best advice that I received was, and this is came from the winning that critics award. That's probably the best advice I received. <coughs> because at that point, man, you think that you're good at something, but you really don't know how much people are really receiving it. You have people coming through the doors and they're patronizing you all the time. But until you, like the reward, I didn't know I was up for it. You know, I had no idea. Yeah, how did you get nominated? Or I was going to ask you that. Yeah, too. Who, you know, who broke the news to you? It's a crazy thing. So I fell asleep here one night and huh. I woke up and I'm I'm like, you know what? Before I go home and shower, come back, I'm going to delete some of these emails. And while I'm deleting emails, I saw this. Congratulations from uh, my rep at Forward Weekly. And I'm like, hold on. Let me open this uh, email up. I thought it was spam. 
you know, I'm thought it wasn't meant for me because there's a lot of great cigar shops in uh, DFW and Fort Worth. So I look it up, crazy. You won Critics of the Year award. So I called my rep and said, "Hey, BP, congratulations." I said, "Oh, this is true." She said, "Yeah." I said, "I didn't know I was voted. What happened?" And she said, "What well, did you read the article?" I'm like, "What article?" So they send a group of people in here who was anonymous. You know, came in, ordered some drinks, had cigars, and had and whatever. A and mystery I, shopper, so yeah, to speak. mystery shopper, yeah, basically. And I remember this lady asking me some questions on the way out, but it's like anybody else asked me, how long you been in business? Uh, what you count set up? Uh, what made you get into the business? And just like anybody, I, I'm going to ask her the question. You know, there's no big deal uh, with it. And then bam, this award came. So I called the editor, uh, Lee, and Lee's like, yeah, man, BP, congratulations. So what we try to do here is treat everybody the same way all the time. Cause you yeah. never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. Um, it's one of the great honors that we've had. We're so thankful for it. Uh, we're uh, striving to be bigger and better. Every year we still have a long way to go, but it's a good start. But that award is because of everybody who walked through those doors. Uh, that's what that belongs to, not me. That's huge, that's huge. Well, I mean, obviously you guys are doing amazing things here. It's such a, a warm and inviting environment. Um, you know, I live on a, on a different side of town, but every time I come over here, I, I have a fantastic time. Glad that Mo had the opportunity to. Uh, to Mo, come out here today. I will definitely be back. So, Mo. Guys, guys, if you are in the DFW Metroplex, please, please, please do yourself a favor. Stop by, come visit 1708 8th Avenue in Fort Worth, the Boardroom Whiskey and Cigar Lounge. It is amazing. You're going to be treated like your family. You're going to be treated like you're at home. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. This is BP Battles, owner of the Boardroom Wishing Cigar Lounge, voted number one cigar bar in Fort Worth by the Fort Worth Weekly. You listen to the Vision Lab podcast. Welcome back to the Vision Lab podcast. Uh, we are here at the Boardroom Cigar and Whiskey Lounge in Fort Worth, Texas. Our guest is BP Battles. Uh, BP, obviously, you know we're here at your beautiful establishment. We've all got a stick in our hand, and we're both curious, what are some of your favorite cigars? Doc, without question, man, my favorite cigar, man, all time, anytime, and I wait for these to come out. They only come out once a year, right around November, or Toro Fuente and Yeho number 49. Why? Mm, but why, why are they your favorites? Man, you get that beautiful dark wrapper, you get that smooth creaminess to it, a little earthiness, a little pepper on it. But the one thing I love about the cigar, man, any cigar I love, I love complexity of cigars. I love how to change it. You get a little bit of like the hint of like pepper or cedar in the first third. Then once you get to the second third, it smooths out. And we get a lot of that little cocoa and a little spice. And then the last third, man, where it picks up all the strength that by far, that's my favorite. And then if I had a my top five, I'll go with the uh LFD El Museo. They, they took it out the market many years ago. Why? It's kind of like a Coke favorite cigar. I think when it first hit the market, man, it made about $12 or something like that. And that thing selling for like fifty dollars, hundred dollars. Wow! On the back market, man, this cigar is fantastic. Well, my man Philip, man, he uh, uh, one of the generous weasels, man, of uh, Romacraft, man. He uh, found one for me and blessed me with it, man. That was my unicorn. You know, I hadn't had one in a long time, man. He blessed me with it, man. It spoke like a dream. Also, uh, I had to get shout out to the Diamond Crown Number Four uh, Natural Gusto, uh, one of my all-time favorites. That's a cigar, man. I can smoke any day of the 
any day of the week, any time of the day. If you put me on a desert island and say, hey, this is the last cigar you have to smoke, that's the one I'm going to smoke right there, man. Just a beautiful construction, man. And when you, it's a 13, $13 $14 stick, man. But from cut to light till you smoke it, it burns easily all the way through. You know, you get great value out of every last one of the cigars. Those rollers, man, are amazing. They know exactly what they're doing, man. Fantastic construction, man. I love it. Guys, I, I'm I'm sitting here watching BP just light up like a Christmas tree. Yeah, man. You've done your homework, obviously. <laughs> yeah, man. This dude is passionate about his craft. Yeah. Um, it's love amazing it, to see. Um, I mean, you know so much. How did you learn about cigars? I mean, I've smoked probably three, four years. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm into it for sure. Yeah. But I, I can't talk about the roll and the, the filler, the, the binder, all the, that. Yeah. And you talked about three different flavors. Like, yo. You know, one of my biggest pet peeves in the whole cigar industry, man, is that I hate when people say, hey, give me your cheapest cigar. There's no such thing as a cheap cigar. You can't tell those guys who are working in a factory that they're rolling a cheap cigar. You can't tell these guys who are blending in uh putting together these beautiful ceilings that they're they're uh coming together combination of a cheap cigar there's no such thing as a cheap cigar it's an inexpensive cigar but what i did man i did a lot of blogs i sat on a lot of couches did asked a lot of questions and i smoked a lot you have to build your palate so when i first started smoking man i took the cigar fiction out of top 25 list when it came out okay in december and i went and searched and found every cigar that was on the list besides the Cubans. I'd, For obvious I was, reasons. Yeah, I wasn't educated enough to know where I could get those Cubans. And I went to a um, vacation to Huntington Beach and I smoked that whole top 25 list. Had my little cigar uh, diary that I had. I wrote down, kept the bands, or wrote down the notes, the flavor notes, what the experts said, what the notes that I got from the cigar. You kept dossier on everything you smoked. I on everything, man. And then that's how I started building my palate because at that time, when you first start off, I tell people, don't try to buy a 20 25 $30 cigar because your palate's are developed enough to even enjoy it. Find a cigar that you like and smoke that. But always start off with a mild, then go to like a mild plus, then a medium, then a medium, uh, to full, then a full body cigar because you want to be able to enjoy that cigar. And don't go for the expensive one. It's great cigars that are valued at under $10. You get a great cigar, but if you're a cigar smoker, an aficionado or enthusiast or snob, whatever you may want to be, and this is your hobby, this is your passion, go to Cigar Lounge and expect to spend $15. And always remember cigar etiquette. You know, yes, you can have a cigar in your humidor that you want to smoke, but always walk in the humidor and buy a cigar from every brick and mortar and support that Cigar Lounge. You know, that's how they keep the lights on. That's how they keep the TVs on. That's how they keep the humidor filled. Always go in there and patronize. That's how you get to keep buying cigars. That's how you keep buying cigars. Every, cause I love going to other cigar lounge, man, to sit on the couch and just be BP, not BP of the courtroom. Gotcha. Just BP, you know. But I have a humidor full of cigars. But when I go, I leave my cigars in the car, and I go and buy four to five sticks. And if I see somebody enjoying something, or having smoked something, I go in there and grab a stick. Hey, man, try this. But I'm always going to that cigar shop's humidor, and I'm going to purchase cigars. Paying it forward. Paying it forward, man. It's now, like, now, how many, how many sticks do you have in your humidor? Just rough. You know what's so crazy? How many humidors do you have besides the one that had the four? Man, you know, at my house, man, everybody think I have all these sticks and stuff like that, man. I have right now maybe 20 because I smoke all of them. 
Yeah. You know, my man Steve Soccer, man, and uh, he owns Dunbar Cigars. Steve uh, blessed me with, uh, you guys heard about the uh, flying pig and the frail flying pig? Yes. Steve came here and blessed me with one of the flying pigs from the original batch that he had. And I saw him at the IPCPR, our national convention. And Steve said, hey, BP, you say you son of a gun, why you invite me back to your shop? I said, Steve, you always got welcome. Hey, you smoked that flying pig I gave you? I said, nah, Steve, I'm waiting for a special case to smoke it. He said, man, I got more smoking. Cigars are made to be enjoyed. You never know what the next day gonna hold to you, man. Smoke it and enjoy it. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? So right now I'm about four to five, man. I smoked a cigar, man, and it was one of the most beautiful cigars I've ever had. And you never know what's gonna happen, man. So anytime you get a ground and get a conversation, man, smoke. Cut light smoke. Tell me, tell me what you're smoking tonight. Man, I'm smoking one of these beautiful cigars, man. And they're a cigar that really growing a lot of good traction, man. From Oscar Valdez, man, called the Isle of Jim. Uh, also, my man Jim Robinson, man, he's a uh, big in the cigar industry, man. He's known for wearing all these cool Hawaiian shirts. He has a cigar lounge in the Pittsburgh called Leaf and Bean. Uh, he's one of the um, Eddie Ortega named him Island Jim. So this cigar here, man, it has a Oscuro tip. It has a Connecticut uh, wrapper around the top. It has a beautiful Nicaraguan Jalapa. Uh, rapper, uh, Honduras binder and filler, man. Great cigar we have them here in our shop. Uh, we just brought them in. It has an undone foot. I love cigars that have an undone foot. But you get a beautiful construction, beautiful white ash. It burns well. You get a little cocoa hint notes off of it. If you really do a retro hell in it, take it through your nose, you get a lot of tea uh, flavor profiles in it. Man, it's just a well done cigar, man. Uh, Oscar Valdez does a leaf by Oscar. They also do the Q Sumatra. Love the leaf by Oscar, He's, by the way. Man, Love the Alta Q, man. This guy right here, man, is killing it right now, man. And and that's a testament to the cigar industry, man. It's so much great stuff. And everybody loves Cuban cigars because it's more of a... I, I actually... You know what's crazy? Yeah. I don't. Now, I, I did I did yeah. go down to Cuba because my wife yeah. is, is uh, has Cuban heritage, yeah. um, you know, in her or whatever. Um, we did go to Cuba about a month ago. Yeah. And I actually went and had a hand rolled Cuban, nice. which I'm going to bless you with. No, oh, yes. I appreciate bless it, you with the Hand rolled Cuban. Thank you, thank you. Um, I can't even say the guy's name, so okay. I'm not going to butcher it on air right now. <laughs> but he's got the Guinness Book World Record for the longest cigar, not once but twice. He actually broke his own record. It's an 80 meter stick. Whoa, 80 meters. I'm sorry, excuse me, 90 meters, a 90 meter stick in honor of uh, some type of Cuban uh, festival or heritage yeah. that they did for 90 years. So uh, I'm going to bless you with that. This I mean, I appreciate it, man. Allowing us to just kind of hang out, you know, chill. You, you hook me up. We're, I mean, I, I definitely want to get that. My dad actually had one earlier tonight. Yeah. Um, but I definitely want you to have it. I mean, I'm honored, honored, man. Thank you so much, yeah, man. Me personally, man, I'm, I'm a big, uh, you know, Patron guy, and I, and I love my Nicaraguan. Yeah. Like, like I, I like Nicaraguan smokes. Man, one thing I love about, and I'm a Patron guy all day long, and like I say, there's no greater soil, in my opinion, than the soil in Cuba to uh, raise and harvest and form tobacco. But also Nicaragua, man, it's so many great things coming out of Esteli, Jalapa, Condega, you got all the beautiful tobacco that rivals anything Cuban. But because Cuban is such a novelty and you can't get it, people want it more. But all those other great shops, 
Orlando Padron, uh, rest in peace, he was all about the quality of the cigar. You would not get a bad cigar from Padron. Nope. Whatsoever. If you did, he's going to dump it. Lito Gomez, the LFD, man. These guys is all about family. It's all about tobacco, the, the people in the factories. Their cigars, man, are great. Uh, Don Pepin, he's one of my father. One of the greatest palates and everything in it, man. And you go to the Iron Nascafe, like I said, IPCPR that we meet every uh, July, and you meet these titans of the industry. You're like a kid in Christmas. Oh my God, it's Don Pepino there. Oh my God, it's Willie Herrera. Oh my God, it's Jonathan Drew. Oh, there's Rocky Mattel. You see all these guys, man, and that you sit and you smoke their cigars. And they're the coolest cats ever, man. Yeah. They're the coolest cats ever, man. Great sticks, man. Now, during, during our segment, uh, during our break, you had said you had some questions for us. Yeah, man. You guys asked me these questions, man. It's my time to shoot, man. Go ahead. I got to know, man, the two R's, Ryan and Ryan, man. What's your guys' first cigar you ever smoked, and how was that experience? Gotcha. Okay, so uh, the first the first cigar I ever smoked, I was probably like 18 years old. It was the summer between my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college. I was working at a public pool. The pool was down the street from a tobacco shop. Okay. Um, I was always curious about cigars. You know, I, didn't, I didn't drink till I was 21. That's a whole other story. Um, but I was always curious about cigars. One day it rained. So obviously in the public pools, rain, lightning, pool shut down until the weather passes. And it was one of those things like, hey, we looked at the weather, the, the, the monitor. Okay, it's going to be like this for a good two hours. I was like, well, obviously no one's coming in. So me and one of the other guys that was working at the pool got in the car, drove down the street to the, cigar, to the cigar shop. Excuse me. The first cigar I ever smoked was a vanilla flavored white owl. White out, okay. Yeah, I um, mean, obviously, you know, it's on the low, the, the low end of the scale or whatnot. But <laughs> it was a vanilla, vanilla flavored white owl. I even then, though, because I had started, you know, get, getting curious about them. I knew you were supposed to inhale them. So literally, <laughs> when I went to the tobacco shop, they had like all, like all the good stuff, and yeah, they yeah. had like all of this flavor, you know, vanilla white owl, you know, green apple swisher sweets, uh, raspberry. There's like all different fruits and all that stuff, whatnot. Right. And I figured, well, this let me start on the low end. This is something I'm going to, you know, be into at a certain okay. point. So it's a vanilla flavored white owl. Um, you know, if I knew then what I know now, I obviously I'd have chose something different. But for yeah. the first experience, it wasn't bad at all. Now, would I go spend my money on that right now? <laughs> no, of course not. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm an adult. Yeah. Um, at that point, like I said, I, I did it. You know, that was the senior, the, the year, the summer between my senior high school and my freshman year of college. Um, after that, I put it back down because I was an athlete in college. I didn't pick up cigars again until I was like about 25, 26 years old. Uh, fast forward to today, and my favorites now are uh, I like the Monte Cristo Classic Series and the White Series. Yes, sir. Uh, I like I showed you when I came in today. Yeah. Uh, I like the uh, the Aviator cigars underneath the principal label. Yeah. And uh, I told Cuffy the other day I met uh, a guy that he and I both know. Like like they say, you never know who you're talking to, right? Yes, sir. Uh, he gave me a La Gloria Cubano R Series and great cigars. I'm tempted to say that might be one of the best cigars I've ever had in my life. Dude, I spoke boxes of those things. Yeah, I like if like boxes. if you if you got one in the shop when we get done with this, I'll probably go buy it from man, you. Man, great stick, man. So that that was that that's my my that that's that's my history with cigars. Oh man. Yeah. RC, what about you, Doc? Well, I don't have a, as much of a uh detailed rendition as as Mo does. Not a rendition, it's a true story. <laughs> <laughs> true story. You yeah. know, here's the deal. I, 
if we're talking any kind of cigar, my first cigar is a black and mild. Really? Yeah. Oh. So you trying to uh, kill yourself? I, I, I smoke black and milds like with the wood tip. Oh no no! I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to kill yourself. I, I smoke black and milds for years on years on years, and I hope my kids don't ever listen to this. But <laughs> that is a fact. That is the truth. Um, you know, it is what it is. But when I got older, um, I don't remember necessarily when I started. Like the first time I ever had right. a, a, a stick, but I do remember I worked at uh, my, the current company that I'm employed by right now, and down the street there was off of MacArthur and, and uh, 161 was the Up and Smoke. Yeah, um, I used to go there. Yeah, yeah I remember that. It was right on the corner, and I don't know what you know possessed me to go in there, but I went in there, and I remember there was two police officers in there, it was a super tight, um, you know, uh, brick and mortar. Yeah. But then they had a patio as well. And so. It went right on the side of the freeway. Right on the side of the freeway. Man, I yeah, spent a it. lot of time on that patio, really? man. Especially for a Saturday morning, those are monster mornings. Yeah. Is that, and yeah. and I, this is this is just me and not not to be self-indulged, but like, I really feel like that's when like the cigar, cigar world took off. Yeah, I can yeah. be one thousand percent wrong, but I just kind of feel like that moment. I, and I'm guessing this is 2019. I'm guessing that was around 2013 ish. Okay. And I went in and I asked for a stick, and I don't even know why or what possessed me to go in there, but uh, I got a uh, Drew Estate Java, uh, and I think it was a. I think it was a, a coffee blend or whatever. Okay, probably the Maduro? No, it wasn't a Maduro. It okay. was a natural, okay. but it was a box press. Yeah. And I smoked and I was like, okay, this is this is good. I can I can deal with this, you know? And then I came back and got, it was a latte. Okay, Drew yeah, State yeah. Java latte. Yeah. And I had that probably about three or four times. And, and that, I think when you come in, you know, that soft yeah. and that easy, you know, it's an easy way to kind of get into it very good and so uh i started talking to people and more and more people were smoking cigars and i'm like yo this is pretty cool and then i and then my dad um you know started smoking cigars or or, or was smoking cigars and you know we would we would hang out and have one or two or what have you and so it's become a very very good um way to kind of hang out and, and talk to people uh get to know people and and you're doing it while chilling you know yeah, man. Um, and the thing with cigars if you're doing it right you're not you're not inhaling so i mean that's kind of really my experience my favorites my every if i if i were going to smoke every day the cao brasilia is my everyday smoke okay right? I'm, yeah. i get off work you know and i want to have a uh you know some whiskey and, and a cigar i'm gonna have a cao brasilia but obviously padrone i can never go wrong with the Padron 64. The, uh, yeah, I mean, all day long. That's, I think, when I had the Padron 64, or it's probably the, uh, the 29 series. The 26? 26. Yes, sir. 26 series is what's what really made uh, me fall in love, okay. to be honest with you. Um, yeah, that number 26, number 26 two, man, Bellicoso. Oh, my God. I've got a, a 50th anniversary. Nice. 19, uh, I think it's a 64. Uh, the family it, series Little Hammers. Yeah. Yeah, Little Hammers are great, man. It goes for 60 a stick. Woo! I got it sitting in my yes, hip right now. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to 
I'm gonna smoke that probably either the day or the day after my 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 daughter is gonna be born. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, uh, man, what an incredible experience. Um, this has been good. This has been. We're, we're gonna have to come back. Yeah, um, we'll be back. I know you said that you got some events. Uh, coming up, but so before we close it out, yeah, man, can you tell us what's on the docket here for the boardroom. So, the last Thursday of every month, the boardroom is a place you want to be. We have this thing called a Red Meat Supper Club. So, for only $60, you get a steak dinner that we cook to order. Wow, and you get a two sides and a whiskey cigar pairing. We partner up with one of our uh Mediterranean restaurants behind us called Shajimezas. And all we do is uh, you tell come in and you purchase the meal, you let us know what temperature you wanted at. And we'll call them over, and if five, you want a medium, rare, medium well, well done. Come, we've done T-bones, ribeyes, fillets, we've even done a prime ribs. Uh, and on the 18th, we're gonna be having our crawfish bar, we call it Bud Bug Madness. We're gonna have that, and also we're gonna be celebrating our third year anniversary, man. I can't believe it's been three years, man. Really fantastic. Man, April the 16th, man, more like three years in the business, man. So thank you so much to everybody who came and bought a cigar with us, had some whiskey, came to our events i'm so humble i'm so thankful because i am where i am because of you guys and then this coming fall we have our big carnival that we're coming up called Carnival. so it's going to be a so you know the carnival uh theme with uh fanfare the dancers the whole team we'll have cigar vendors we're going to have uh like cotton candy booth but everything is going to be adult inspired like the cotton candy is going to be whiskey infused uh, we got wow. turkey legs. Uh, we got Duncan Boots. We got everything. So that's going to be coming very soon. We almost finalized it uh, at a local shop, and it's going to be fantastic. Well, guys, listen, this has been an absolute treat. Mo, I don't know about you, man, but this this has been awesome. This has been great. Um, you know, this is my first time being here, my first time meeting you, BP. Like I told you in between the breaks, like I will definitely be back. Man, appreciate uh, this, this. Thank you so much. Absolutely, man. This has been a great experience. We've learned some stuff um, just from, you know, you and all your ex experience as far as just diving into everything that is cigars and tobacco. Yeah. Um, this has been this has been really, really good. I appreciate it, gentlemen, so much. So when you go to your local cigar shop, make sure you patronize cigar. Don't bring your own cigars. It's a cigar shop. You want to bring your own steak from Walmart into a steakhouse as we cook it for you. <laughs> Patronize the cigar shops. A lot of great cigar shops in Fort Worth and Dallas, throughout the country. Uh, support those local small businesses. In return, you will get a great experience. Here at the boardroom, we value your dollar, we value your patronage, and we value your lifestyle. Thank you so much. His name is BP Battles. You just heard him. This is the this is the boardroom cigar and whiskey lounge in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, my name is Ryan Mosley. And I'm Ryan Cuffey. Guys, thank you so much for joining this episode of the Vision Lab. We'll see you very soon. Keep smoking. <laughs>